0: Hello, folks, and welcome to another edition of the Cast. We're very happy to have you along with us for episode 20 of the Cast. Very excited as we move into the fall season. Glad you are with us once again. At this point in the year, it does seem like we're probably going to be settling into an every other week schedule for the podcast. I know at Times last year we were on every week kind of thing. So now you can expect that we're probably going to be every other week here. And if we happen to go uh, throw an extra one up uh, during the week, we'll certainly let people know on Twitter and elsewhere if there was a new one pops up. Or you can just subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or whatever your subscription network may be. And then you'll uh, you'll know you'll be getting the most up-to-date edition of the CIEC cast. Either way, we are happy you are joining us for this new edition. We've got some good things to discuss this week, I think. We'll have CIC cast regular Matthew Conyers of the Hartford Current with us to talk some early season soccer. Dave Maloney of CAST CIAC will be with us to chat about student activities, something we've never really delved into before. And Fred Balsamo of the Connecticut Association of Athletics Directors will be here to talk about the Michaels Cup, which was announced just last week. So before we get to our guests, some good people to talk to, but we want to first start off with things you might have missed on CIACsports.com, our regular feature where we highlight some of the things that you can find on our website here at CIACsports.com. First up, Registration is now open for the two thousand thirteen sportsmanship conference, which is something we'll be hosting here on november twenty first at the Aquaturf Club in Southington. So you look forward to that event should be a really exciting event this year, and you can find all the registration information as well as details, dates times, all that good stuff on ciacsports.com just posted a new feature story yesterday in which we waxed a bit poetically about some of the great elements of high school sports and how every game is special in its own way Uh, obviously we always focus a lot on the state tournaments and wins and losses and such but thought it would be nice to post a story just looking at the value and some of the excitement and memories that can be created in just one game so we hope folks will take a look at that story as well that was posted just yesterday so you can check that out uh as well last week we posted a schedule for cptv sports broadcasts of fall ciac events so you can serve as a one-stop shop for checking out when your favorite team will be on cptv sports and that includes the schedule for several re-airings of each broadcast so we hope you will take a look at that and as always we encourage fans to check out the new nfhs network and see what ciac events are either on the upcoming schedule or in the archive. So, once again, that's NFHSnetwork.com where you can check out all the CIAC action. And back with the new school year, I want to let you know sort of our regular posting schedule for some of our recurring features. We will have on Mondays our Eye on the CIAC, which includes some of the more interesting results from the past week, a look at the CIAC rankings, as well as a few other things. That'll be on Monday. And then on Fridays, just about every Friday, I don't think we're going to have one today, but just about every Friday, we'll have an edition of Linked Up, which will show all the exciting work being done across the state and across the country, writing about high school sports, some great stories that we think folks should keep an eye on. So that will all be on Monday, and then on Friday will be Linked Up. So I on the CIAC on Monday, Linked Up on Friday, and then the CIAC cast, when it's posted, will usually be posted Thursdays afternoon, so you can keep an eye out for that as well. And again, if you ever have any ideas for the podcast or for ciacsports.com, you can email us at ciaccast at casciac.org. That's ciaccast at casciac.org. Or contact us on Twitter or Facebook. So That's a glimpse of some of the things you can find on CISC So now we'll move along to things you can find elsewhere. And that includes excellent soccer coverage on for the Hartford current. And one of the primary people providing you that coverage on boys and girls soccer across the state joins us now. Very happy to have with us on the phone now Matthew Conyers, who's been a uh, recurring guest on the uh, the CIAC cast. He's traditionally been our track and field uh, guru, but he's coming to us today to talk a little boys and girls soccer. Matt, thanks for being with us.
1: Thanks, Joel. Pleasure to be on with you guys
0: love talking to you so uh we're a couple weeks into the season now and haven't had a chance to to delve too much into uh a lot of the fall sports here so i wanted to bring you on to talk a little uh, boys and girls soccer which you cover for the hartford current of course and uh so let's start off here we are still early in the season so not too far to uh look back maybe to the preseason and uh what were some of the maybe interesting stories that you wrote or or saw or things that you saw when doing kind of your preseason work on boys and girls soccer that really jumped out at you this year?
1: You know, Joel, it's, uh, this is my sixth season, believe it or not, doing high school soccer. It doesn't get any easier predicting uh, teams at the beginning of the year, trying to get a feel for things. Um, but because of that, you kind of always sort of revert back to last year and the teams that did so well at the end of last year. and. And you kind of focus them on the beginning of the season. You focus on them, and at the same time, you look at teams with a lot of history. Yeah. And so, to the start of this year, you know, the teams that I've really kind of focused in on in the preseason are those teams that had the great runs last year. What's the carryover going to be this year? And then those teams with history. So, in that case, you know, you're looking at Suffield and Boys Soccer, who's coming off two Class M championships. They're still in Class M. They're still loaded. They're probably as balanced a team as any team in the state. I don't think there's any coach um, except Mark Beigel at Suffield that comes in and can look at every one of his starting positions and say he's pretty good there. He's pretty safe. I mean, at forward, he's got one of the best forwards in the state, going to be guaranteed all New England if he stays healthy, Sean Sullivan. Um, He's got explosive speed, great first touch. I mean, he might even contend for All-American Depending on how the season goes, you don't like to place those expectations on a kid, but he's that good. Um, You got a great, great younger player who made big moves last year, Colton Grove. A lot of people love watching this kid play. He's going to have another great year. Uh, You got a great goalie uh, in Ben Woodson, a guy who doesn't get a lot of save totals, probably doesn't garner the same attention as some of these other goalies that get more action, but he's pretty flawless. Technically, makes all the right moves. And then Mark's just a great coach. You blend it all together, you've got a perfect combination with Southfield. I think they're not only as good as last year, but better. And it, if you really like watching how a game of soccer is played and if it's played right, uh, Mark's team is the one to go see. And then in the same respect, uh, you look at a team with some history that's coming off a great season, went on a great run last year, win 13 games in a row, It's Farmington. Yep. You know, I met with uh, Steve Waters. Uh, before the season, watched the practice. And it was fantastic just getting to watch the practice. But the thing that really struck me is the level, the pace the guys play at in practice. I mean, they, they have such a high work rate at uh, Farmington. They have a really intense, Steve calls it, it is rate to compete. You know, these guys really, really want to compete at Farmington. They want to carry on that legacy. Um, they talk about the tradition. And... You know, to me, what I saw was another great team, another team that's going to be able to run the counter perfectly, and then a team that a lot of teams are going to have trouble keeping up with. And they're another team that doesn't have too many holes right now at this point. in the uh, There's still some things they're figuring out. Uh, they play in a very difficult division sure. in CC West, uh, but they're a team I'm kind of looking at. And then on the other side, the North, uh, a team that's always kind of bunched up against Glass, uh, Farmington is Glassmere. I keep that's why I keep mentioning uh, kind of in my work there bringing up Lassenberry, but Mark Lander's team brought about you know, more than 15 guys back from last year's team. They had a surprise loss in the postseason and uh, you know they come back very, very hungry, very motivated. And, and one thing that struck me at their practice, it seemed like they were looser than they were last year. It looked hmm. like a little bit they were tight last year. I watched one of their practices earlier this year. They seemed loose, they were having fun. and I think that's going to be a benefit to them. I think they had a surprise tie last week uh, earlier this week guess East Hartford, that, that happens at soccer. You're going to have ties. Sure. So this Glastonbury team is one team you really want to keep up. You know, it's a team we've we talked about for a while. The last six years, they've always been there. But this year, this they've been knocking on the door a little bit. This might be the season they kind of break through. And on the girls' side, you know, you got Glastonbury again, Uh Another deep team at Glastonbury. I think they got one of the best junior classes uh, that I've seen this year, hmm. and a great goalie, Sierra Bouchard. Another goalie that doesn't always get a lot of uh, attention because she's got such good defense in front of her, but she's going to make some saves once we get later in the season that are really going to determine the outcome of some games. Uh, and the other thing, you know, when you look at girls soccer, is you got to see. You kind of want to figure out. How the Class Double L term is going to work because you had some of the best teams in class, you had the best teams in Class out move up to Double L. You now have St. Joe's, Northwest Catholic, and Suffield all playing Class Double L. So even though we tend to give those teams a lot of attention every year, uh, they even have more attention this season seeing how they're going to master uh, Double L. And so far, it looks like these guys, those teams, uh, with, with their coaching staff, with the talent they have on the field, will be just fine.
0: Yeah, certainly uh, that that uh, you know the rule that uh, came into place and was adopted this year with the uh, the new success and tournament factor will will add a level of intrigue uh, to the season this year as, as people sort of see how that's going to play out. Something to uh, to watch. So we are you know that's that was kind of the preseason look. We are now you know a week two maybe two weeks or so into the season. Teams have played a handful of games, maybe two three four matches uh, depending on the team. Has uh, has anything happened? So far this year, that's really surprised you? Maybe teams that are off to better starts than, than you expected? Or is, are things playing out at least early, maybe the way that you would have expected them to?
1: Yeah, but, but we've kind of managed to surprise you. There have not been anything too dramatic. And again, like I go back to what I said at the beginning, you don't want to get too high after sure. this full week. Um, one thing that does stand out, they had a very good first game against Hall with, with Plainville. Uh, Plainville played in the CCC South. CC South typically doesn't get the same attention as the West, the North, even the East. They're they're kind of the stepchild, the ugly stepchild. Uh, and I don't mean that, but it could be offensive. They just don't <laughs> get the attention that some of the other these divisions, especially in the CCC, get. Plainville, Plainville, they lost some players, and, and you really didn't know coming in the season what they were going to get out of the players they had coming in, stepping up. I thought they they wouldn't necessarily take a step back. I just didn't think we. would uh, been talking about Plainville this early. Uh, they played good soccer. They played hard, aggressive soccer. Um, they're, they're right on top of you. They do play some direct balls, and they're able to chase them down. Uh, against Hall, they won 4-1. That game was a little bit closer than the score indicates, um, but it was a good win, a very solid win for Plainville, and their team, that, if they keep winning, they can get a, on a roll of the South, and they'll get a good seed going into their tournament. So That's, that's one team that kind of Struck my interest at the beginning of the season that maybe I wasn't paying attention to, um, then you know, and then you kind of look at the N Triple C, you try and figure out is there going to be a surprise team out of the N Triple C because for so long in boys soccer you've had the same team always up there, you've had you know Suffield, you've had Summers, you've had Ellington, you had Gravity, you've had Avon. Is somebody going to break through there? And it looks right now like it's going to be status quo. those top you know, five teams that we've seen a lot, um, they're going to be right there again, uh, but right behind Sofia. It looks like Sufio's a step ahead of the majority of those teams like Avon. Avon lost a lot of players from last year. I think they're good again. They're going to be stingy on defense. Uh, but, again, the case that has been one of Avon's problems the last couple of years, where's goals going to come from when they play the top of competition? And that's, yep. that's one thing we the way wait and see. Uh, another team early on we're trying to, you know, you want to give credit to is Connor you know, on the boys' side. And then we'll flip after I, we discuss Connor and the girls. But so Connors a team that came in with a lot of hype, uh, arguably one of the best uh, players in the state, and Matthias Souza, uh, a great technical striker. He's got some speed. He knows how to finish around the net. Um, and they were kind of one of these teams, like, if we were ESPN or uh, if we were coming up with our preseason picks uh, in Sports Illustrated, these would be one of the daring picks. People was. This would be the kind of attractive pick you don't typically make but yeah. you're gonna say they don't have a big year. I think Connor's gonna to stick to it. I you know, I just did my recent ratings the other night, uh, my first ratings of the year and I put Connor pretty high. I think um, Adam Linker, he's got a very good team, he's a good guy, he's a good coach, he's gonna get uh, a lot out of this group. And if they can learn to manage those expectations as the season goes on as the games get bigger, then they'll be right there. They'll definitely be right there. On the girls' side, you know, same question: which team has kind of stood out early in the first couple of weeks? Um, you know, Tallinn is the team that strikes me because they tied Barry in that first game. Yeah. Uh, you know, people look at it and they say tie it's the first game. A lot of big, funky things can happen, but still, Tallinn lost some key players, especially on the defense. Uh, you know, to get that result on day one uh, is a big, it's a good thing for Tallinn. And, and now Tallinn, you know, they're looking at Class M as a the real favorite right now, Class M, because you you've lost, like I said before, Northwest Catholic, Suffield, St. Joe's. So, Towson and Rock Hill, those teams jump up, and Lewis Mills, Lewis Mills, another team. They haven't faced out of conference competition yet, but they they just watching their results looks so deep, looks so balanced. Um, they went to semifinals last year. Uh, they, they could be right back there again. A team that kind of avoids the limelight, but Lewis Mills four games in the season so far, you know, you, you want to keep a close eye on them. I, I know they don't play the same competition. Trust me, they are going to make another run for the semifinals. And, and I, I feel that way after two weeks.
0: Wow. So certainly some uh, some teams that have uh, are getting off to good starts. And as we said, it is very early and uh, a lot can still happen. So we've looked back a little bit and now we've kind of looked at the present. So now we'll, uh, we'll let you put on your... Uh, prognosticator hat a little bit here and just sort of look forward what are some of the uh if not teams maybe some stories or some players that you're going to be uh keeping an eye on sort of as the season starts to uh to progress through the next couple months here matt
1: you know joe you always want you know in soccer i feel like sometimes in soccer more than any other sport in the state you have the old standby traditional powers and and, you know it's very easy to predict uh, the postseason tournament because you can predict the Avon girls getting there. I mean, Avon's gone to four straight finals, and yeah. they probably could again. You can predict Farmington and boys soccer. You know, if you predict Staples and boys soccer, these are teams that, you know, they're always kind of going to be there. Summers in class F in boys soccer. Um, but you know, right now, I kind of really want to watch some of these teams that are trying to have these breakthrough seasons that are really trying to. Uh, get their name out there. You know, on the girls' side, you know, and look at the Shoreline Conference. You look at a team like Portland who lost barely, they lost no one, essentially, from last year. Uh, They come back, they went to the final last year, it was their best season in school history, Uh, the best class will probably ever have, you know, you hate saying something like that, but this class will be remembered for a while. Uh, This is a chance for Portland. Immaculate's no longer in class. This is a chance for them to really do it. So I want to watch how they manage things going forward. They did have a surprise defeat against Kovachov. Maybe Kovachov is a, a lot better than a lot of us anticipated at the start of the year, and I think they are. Uh, but Portland was one of these teams that, you know, was really trying to do something special here uh, that they haven't ever done. And so you kind of get behind that story and uh, On the boys' side, you look at Bloomfield. Bloomfield's a team last year that didn't win. Hadn't won a title since 1950. They wow. lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had not Long. Um, but they came back, they had a good team dynamic last year, they played with CCC East, that prepared them for Class F, and then they went on to run for the Class S tournament. They lose, you know, arguably the player of the year in high school soccer last year, Fabian Burnett. Uh, he leaves and he's about the only guy that really leaves. And, and now they have to navigate where how where they're going to get scoring from, and, and can they replicate that magic they kind of had last year? And on the same side, you know, we've we been talking a little bit about the double uh, o teams. You want to give some love to S, uh, one team that you know that never gets talked about. At least my six years on the beat, we really haven't said much about is Hail Wright. Mm-hmm. Uh hell Hale with you know, the shoreline that's kind of had to sit back and watch the the Blue Bloods of the, the Shoreline Conference, Valley Regional, Old Line, East Canton, they, they've had the run the last five years. And I think, uh, granted, you know, some people think Old Line's going to be real, building Valley Regional. I think they'll be better than they than a lot of people anticipate. I think Ray is one of these teams that could have one of these breakthrough seasons. They've got a lot of talented players, a lot of players that don't get the same attention out there as others. Uh, they're one team to keep an eye on out of, you know, off the radar team. And same with Old Sabre. You know, Old Sabre's another team in the Shoreline, you know, we could have a whole new shoreline conference final, and that. that's fun sometimes to see these new teams jump in there and uh, do something, and I, I like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's certainly. Uh, would, would it's always yeah. We like to see some uh, some new blood in, and and some surprises certainly make things uh, interesting. Any. uh, any other, you know, particular players that the the fans should be looking out for? Maybe from teams that you haven't mentioned, or or even from teams that you have. Some of the the standout individual folks that uh, might be worth uh, fans' attention in the coming months.
1: Yeah, let's run down it quickly. You know, I'm I'm going to forget so many names. So I apologize <laughs> now. Um, we really haven't even. T- I mentioned Northwest Catholic moving to double out and uh, girls soccer. We haven't mentioned that they, they now have, I believe, uh, 44 wins in a row uh, 44. It's a 44-game unbeaten streak. There's probably – you could go all across high school sports and not see a streak quite like that. Um, They lost two All-Americans from last year. Probably, you know, I I, I placed a lot of hype on them last year. I said it was the best pro soccer team. I've ever seen covering high school soccer. They've lost them, but they replaced them with the Medina Twins, Uh, two great players, Nikki and Mitchie, uh, who are just as – I mean, you don't want to compare, but they're great players. They they have, you know – excellent at soccer IQ. They have good touch. They play the game with a good pace. Uh, those are two players you really want to keep an eye on as the season progresses. Alvin Swaby at Hall, another team that I can't believe we haven't talked about. falls <laughs> off a great start. Swaby can play anywhere on the field, and she's one of the most intimidating game changers out there. And uh, what I mean by that is, you know, she's going to have an impact no matter what on the game. Yep. And she's very hard to match up against. Uh, she's just got... College type skill. The college coaches are going to really enjoy um, coaching her. Uh, she's a player that we've been talking about for a while, and she's improved as she's gotten older, and that's that's a great thing. She's going to have a great season. She'll be one of these players at the end of the year that you're talking about in the top five um, for at least the Harford current area players of the year. Um, I'm trying to. We, we talked about Sierra Bashard, and then you get the Southfield players. Uh, British Champagne, a great striker for Southfield. Uh, she, she, I think she just had three goals earlier this week. Uh, another player that has a real knack for finding space for her teammates and, and finding space for herself. Good shot. Uh, she doesn't always have to use it. Uh, but just really knows how to work the game, uh, knows how to find open space, like I said, and, and really create things for her team. Dynamic player and, and fun to watch. Um, and I, I wish we were – I, I could remember, you know, you you got the names always down your head. Right? <laughs> oh, that's fine. Uh, Julia, I am going to say her name probably wrong here, and, and from some Southfield, too, and I don't want to praise all the hype on Southfield, but they did they did bring back two All-Americans, Jillian Consuelo. Uh, she's another player to watch on defense. I might have just said the name wrong, so I apologize. I uh, have Niley Williams uh, also. Uh, Avon's a team. You look at Avon. Uh, they've had a lot of big players on the girls' side for a while. This year it's more of a team dynamic. There's a lot of players that could step up as the season goes on. Uh, so that, that's a, still a work in progress. I think anybody's going to be very good at the end of the season, but uh, you want to keep an eye on them. Collin, you got Jenny Jacobs, who might be as fast as any player out there, another player uh, that, that could leave for school with a scoring record. Uh, she's a great talent. Uh, there's just so many, when you look on the girls' side, there's, there's a lot of names to pick out from. Uh, and then as I shift to the boys, uh, I, I've already told you about Sutfield, Sean Sullivan, um, and, and their goalie, Ben Woodson. You've got Glastonbury's Evan uh, Hackett. He's a great midfielder. He, he's another one of his players. You always see Glastonbury has one solid Midfield leader. Hackett could be the guy that replaces, uh, uh, you know, fills in that line, the rich tradition of uh, Glastonbury of being the next great midfielder. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot, you know, Joel, there's a lot of stories, a lot of players to keep an eye on, and that's what's exciting about these first two weeks. You're still trying to get a feel for the season, a lot of teams still up folks. Remember last year, Farmington, uh, you know, back through the month of October, they were two, uh, three, two, and two. If I'm correct, I, I might have that up, but it wasn't a great record to yeah. go on a run. Um, so and we've seen that a little bit. Weatherfield a couple years ago with Matt Barry, uh, they went on a run as the season got going. Uh, and and now, now as I get talking, I'm, I'm thinking of more players. Mike Vang from Windsor, uh, Windsor uh, not only has some players to watch, but a team to watch. It, it started off a little bit slow, uh, but they could be. You know, they made some noise last year in Glassdale, Their team, I kind of put a little bit of pressure on them the beginning of the year. I think they're still going to be good. Uh, their coach Pete Leepack, one of the great guys in the game high school game, I think he's going to have to figure it out. I think this group's already played some good results. They haven't maybe got the win so far for their team to keep an eye on it. And then you talk about traditional power. Uh, Weathersfield, another like, like Abe on the girls' side, they may not have some of the names, uh, familiar names yet, but I think Weathersfield, they got over the hump of being 6-10 and 10 last year. They've kind of come back strong right now. And I'm excited to see how they do and how they navigate things. Weathersfield, you know, they're the Yankees of uh, – High school soccer in a lot of ways, and more wins than anybody else when it comes to championships. Uh, we'll see this year if they can get back to the level that the town expects of them. I mean, and shows You don't just—it's not night nice football games; it's night nice soccer games. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people talk about. So this—it's a, it's a fun time right now for high school soccer. A lot of things to talk about. I know I'm missing a lot of names, a lot of uh, teams. I, and I apologize if I keep going back to the same players. Um, but I think we're going to have another fun, really fun postseason. And with some of the changes around in the game, I think it's only going to make the tournaments better for us.
0: Yeah, I think it really should be. Uh, it seems like it's a sport that continues to uh, to increase sort of in terms of talent and uh, and I think in, in, in terms of depth of talent. You know, it's not just always the, the same teams, as you mentioned, but the talent seems to be spreading a little bit uh, across the state, which makes for great uh, great tournaments. And as you said, you never know who's going to kind of get hot and, and go on a run. So certainly will be uh, yeah. a lot of great things to, uh, to keep an eye on uh, as the fall progresses.
1: And, and, you know, Joel, you know, there was a lot of worry coming into this last year. You know, the academy players had left this year. It, it's not as big a deal because it, it, it's been embedded for a little while that some of these other players that would have been playing high school soccer. aren't there. But you know what? The game is going to survive. It, yep. it might change. It might be a little different than you watched before. And, in all you know, honesty, you can't deny that it's different. Uh, and you notice the changes as you watched it before. But the game still going to be exciting. It's still it's still. <laughs> the kids still love it. They still play with such passion. And that's what made high school great in the past. It's what makes high school great soccer great now. It's what's going to make high school soccer great in the future. Is The kids always show up. It means so much to them. There's an energy level that it's hard to compare to, and it's just fun being at games. So, yeah, you, you might see some of the talent drop off, but I, I still think um, the, the, there are teams out there that you are going to get it a great game from every time you go see him. And that's all you want to do. As a fan of the sport or as a parent, you want to see kids uh, playing exciting, good soccer.
0: And I think you're still going to get to that this year. Absolutely. So we certainly look forward to all of that. And we appreciate uh, Matthew Conyers being with us to, uh, produced to uh, give us all the insight here as he kind of keeps track of what's going on in the world of soccer. You can find his work at uh, the Hartford Current and the Current Sports Online. encourage folks to check that out. And uh, Matthew, thanks for being with us. I'm sure we'll check back in with you again maybe as we uh, get closer to the state tournament time.
1: Thanks, Joel. A great time as always. Look forward to it
0: always a treat to talk with Matthew Conyers. He's certainly uh, excited about the things that he covers, so great insight there that he's able to give us on boys and girls soccer. So we thank him very much, encourage you to check out all his good work at the Hartford Current. Changing gears a little bit now, we're going to talk about, we talked earlier about the Sportsmanship Conference, and that's just part of the student activities portion of the CAS CIAC program. So we wanted to chat with somebody who's, very much involved with all of these student activities and leadership programs that are available to member schools. So we reached out to another person here at the CASCIAC CIAC family to talk a little bit about that and shed a little light on some of the things that happen elsewhere in our building here at the CIAC. Um. Very happy to be talking now with Dave Maloney of the Connecticut Association of Schools, one of our uh, many fine employees here at uh, the CIAC, CAS CIAC. Uh, we've talked to him before in his role as the girls basketball tournament director, but today we are going to chat with him a little bit about uh, his role as the director of student activities. So, Dave, thanks for being with us.
2: You're welcome, Joe. Happy to be here.
0: Very happy to talk to you. Something that we haven't uh, haven't really uh, gotten into much on the uh, the CIAC cast, the the student activities ledger, which is very very full here at uh, at CAST. So we certainly want to uh, talk a little bit about that. So let's kind of dive in here. We've got a couple. um, You know, the CIAC is one branch of uh, of student activities, as it were, within the uh, Connecticut Association of Schools. But talk a little bit about sort of your branch of the uh, the student activities realm and and what it is you're. what it is you're sort of working on there, uh, kind of generally speaking.
2: Well, let me just say real quickly that uh, all of our work is linked to a couple of key sentences about student leadership. And it, it can be summarized real quickly with, uh, with this notion. If a school community's got positive student leadership, then you can almost ask me any question about curriculum, assessment, instruction, and I can be sure to pinpoint that that positive student leadership is yielding a very positive, respectful school climate. So the real purposes of student activities is grounded in school climate. Mm-hmm. And there's no question that when kids are actively engaged and involved in curricular and co-curricular activities, their participation in school just skyrockets and student achievement goes up. And so that's uh, the benchmark behind what we're doing here at CAS.
0: So how exactly uh, sort of is, what exactly is your role and, and sort of CAS's role in, in, you know, creating these sort of or or presiding over these uh, these student activities uh, that, that the, the membership can take part in?
2: Well, fortunately, in the background, there's uh, been long, well-established organizations. Um, student Council, the mm-hmm. National Association of Student Council. The National Honor Society. We have debate. We have robotics. We have clubs and organizations. We have cheerleading. Mm-hmm. We have dance, and all of those organizations have been well grounded for years and years and years, promoting um, the real good work in student activities. And so my job is to continue with those, but also to listen carefully to our member schools and see what else we can create. Yeah. And so, so hence things like Geno's Reading Team um kids marathon and uh some other activities like band jam have popped up as we try to link our goals and objectives to what's out there and and what students at all levels are interested
0: in yeah absolutely uh i know one event that's uh coming up and you certainly have a busy uh calendar but it's something i mentioned a little bit earlier on the uh the ciac cast and that's the uh the annual CAF CIC Sportsmanship uh, Conference, which will be November 21st, and, uh, and folks can register uh, online for that. Uh, I know that's an event you're involved with. Can you talk a little bit about what's on the uh, agenda for that event this year?
2: Well, we're going to try to continue to give um, the captains and leaders, the athletic directors and coaches the skill set that helps them move forward with 21st century skills. Mm -hmm. And those skills are productive decision-making, communicating, collaborating, and leading their uh, respective organizations. We have a tremendous keynote presenter coming in who's got a lot of background in that area. We also have a positive coaching alliance um, that we just uh, started to work with that will handle some breakout sessions. And so we're going to try to do as much interactively as we possibly can in that area. We've also got a, a two-hour uh, block of time for the athletic directors and coaches. Yeah. And so there's something for everybody in that sportsmanship seminar. We're looking forward to it.
0: Uh, looking at the calendar here, I've got uh, in front of me a bunch of other uh, uh, activities and, uh, and programs that are on the agenda uh, just this fall. So what are some of the other uh, big events that maybe uh, your your department is working on right now that folks can, can should put on their calendars and look forward to or look forward to getting involved in?
2: Well, the first is right around the corner. It's our second annual Health and Wellness Summit. Um, That conference is going to pinpoint positive approaches to improving social, emotional, and physical development of students. Mm -hmm. Um, That conference also helps our member schools design and implement student success plans that have an emphasis on the emotional and health and safety issues. And so we've got a great lineup of eight uh, breakout sessions, and we also have an internationally famous um, doctor from the Yale Prevention and Research Center, Dr. David Katz great and he'll be the, he'll be the keynote for that. That's October seventh and that's at Aetna World Headquarters. We're really excited about that um, insofar as it's probably the only conference all year that offers an audience of students as well as faculty advisors.
0: Yeah. Um, and how do uh, if, if folks are looking to uh, to attend that how do they get uh, involved to make sure that they can uh, Be in attendance for the uh, the summit on uh, on October 7th
2: Well, they need to just get up on our cast home page or more specifically the direct link would be uh, HTTP and then the colon backslash backslash C-A-S-C-I period AC backslash 730 that's a lot of jargon, but the uh, home page will direct them right to the registration link.
0: Excellent. Any other, uh, any other events coming up that, uh, that people should, uh, keep an eye on for?
2: We've got a new and improved Fall Advisors Conference coming up October 21st, um, at the Four Points Sheridan. This is specifically designed for student council, government, honor society, club, class advisors at all levels. Uh, We've got the national director from NASSP coming. that's Ann Postalwaite. She's an extraordinary reservoir, an encyclopedia of ideas in the area of student activities. And we're also going to back it up with six great uh, breakout sessions that are going to feature some of our schools that are doing the great work uh, in those areas. So that's October 21st. And, again, the homepage has all the registration anybody needs to uh, check it out.
0: Yep. Well, excellent. And we certainly, uh, look forward to all that good stuff. And, and as you said, folks can, uh, can keep an eye out on what's going on there at casciac.org and then just look for the, uh, conference and workshop registrations link on the left side. That'll get you right to, uh, all of this good stuff and, and see the schedule and, uh, Hope that people will uh, will take advantage we 're certainly uh, trying to uh, provide some great opportunities for student leaders and uh, and and programs across the state so we we'll look forward to that and uh, Dave, we thank you very much for joining us and uh, continue all your great work and uh, we'll talk to you down the road
2: you're so very welcome and we look forward to the, continuing that conversation all the best
0: thanks Dave. Happy to speak with Dave Maloney and get a little different look at some of the other parts of the cast ciac organization we certainly focus on the athletics here but always good to branch out a little bit and see what some of the other conversations and things that are happening elsewhere in our building are all about so look forward to those events and be sure as we said if you go to casciac.org. And uh, look for the events registration. You'll be able to find all those great workshops and events that Dave spoke about. we wrap up now with our third guest of the day. We're going to talk to Fred Balsamo, who's going to provide some information about the recently released uh, Michael's Cup exemplary program. Chatting now with Fred Balsamo, the executive director of the Connecticut Association of Athletics Directors, and uh, also in one of his roles, serves as the uh, chairman of the Michaels Cup Committee, which uh, we released earlier, I guess last week, that 17 programs have been uh, chosen as exemplary programs. With the, through the Michaels Cup program, so I wanted to bring Fred on to talk a little bit about the Michaels Cup, something we haven't covered before on the CIAC Cast to uh, get a little bit more information about that award and, and what exactly it is that we're recognizing with those programs. So Fred, thanks for being with us.
3: Absolutely. Always a pleasure.
0: So let's talk a little bit, first of all, maybe about the history of this award. I know you've been associated with it for, for quite some time, and it's got sort of a uh, an interesting history in that it sort of has been a few different things at various times and, and just recently came under sort of the, the purview of the, the CIAC. So talk a little bit kind of about the history of the Michaels Cup.
3: Well, uh many years ago, I don't I'm embarrassed to tell you I don't know exactly the the number of years, but close to thirty years ago, um, the Michaels family in memory of the Michaels name and in honor of the Michael Jewelers uh name, um started this award um and started a committee made up of athletic directors and coaches and, and actually membership of the CIAC and um it was it was to determine what they felt the best programs in the state were athletically and um when it initiated um back then it really weighed heavily on on the one loss record and the one loss of, uh, winning percentage of a school um and that was not uh you know and so that transpired it wasn't indicative of actually the best programs all the time and so that transpired over years and, and we started putting other factors in there and, and including sportsmanship and and um, equity and participation and, and, and ad- academic support and, and uh, drug and alcohol prevention and things of that nature. Um, five years ago, um, the Michaels Cup um, formed a foundation to perpetuate the award and asked the CIEC to take it over um so that it it could be uh more globally and it would it would attract a a greater number of people Mm -hmm. and uh we you know we were given a carte blanche to and 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 part of the michaels family still serves on the committee and they've been very uh supportive and what we've done is we've changed the criteria um in the eyes of the ciac uh we we certainly um know that um you know, people strive and work hard to win, but we we don't think that is the overall um, benchmark we should be using. So, yeah, we we use several criteria, and sportsmanship being um, the top criteria and That 30% of their of their 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 questions or their rating is taken from um, sportsmanship and the things that they do uh, that that are centered around sportsmanship. Uh, We then take a percentage of the students participating in athletics uh, in comparison to the number of students enrolled in their school, and that's our participation number, um, and that's worth 20% of their scoring, and and schools do get credit for improvement in that category. So if someone uh, has significantly increased the number of kids participating in athletics, they get extra credit. Uh, We also uh, take 20% of the scoring for athletic scholarship um, as scholastic uh, or academics. Uh, do schools have, you know, uh, tutorial programs? Um, do they give awards for, for uh, academics? Do they uh, recognize and monitor grade point averages and do certain things? And mm-hmm. do they have a higher standard than the CIEC on a pass failure or a C or seventy average? So that's part of it. And then, uh, athletic personnel and, and whether they employ a full-time trainer um, and uh, service coaches with workshops and, and continuing education and, and things of that nature, that's 10%. And then equity, um, which, which covers many things, funding, um, you know, uh, for both male and female, a number of sports being offered, that's 10%. And then um, chemical-free teams, Uh, In today's day and age, everybody's doing it, but we emphasize uh, drug education, and so um, that's worth a percentage. And then we do put winning in there, and actually we've reversed what initiated 30 years ago in that uh, we only give uh, the winning percentage of a school in their overall win-loss record of all programs, only 5% weighting. Uh, whereas initially, as I said, it was a bulk of the the, the scoring. So right. that's pretty much a, a a synopsis of you know what it is we're trying to do. We put all this together into the complicated formula, and we we come up with some um, some schools, and then we recognize them as exemplary programs.
0: Yeah, and so talk a little bit just about the process. You know, how does how does all this uh, where does all this information come from? How does it get in? And then you know what what goes on once you sort of get. Uh, all the data in how is that kind of culled through and uh and the selections made
3: well the the data is collected uh in in several sources uh there is a questionnaire that every athletic director can go out and fill out to answer questions to ask the, so we can ascertain knowledge as to what they're doing in some of those areas we just talked about mm-hmm. uh in addition to them providing information, the CIAC does ascertain information uh, that we already have in our databases for example the, the participation I mentioned right um, we know we know how many students are in their schools and we know how many athletes because of our eligibility list so we mm-hmm. calculate that they don't have to supply that uh, the same thing with the sportsmanship some of the sportsmanship data is collected because of our ratings week um, when the teams go in and participate in sportsmanship uh, um, endeavors that we have online uh, that that's ascertained uh, from that as well. Uh, whether a school provided a scholar athlete and and does award uh, um, scholastics in their in their school, we have that on file because we we host the CIC hosts that scholar athlete. So so we collect the information from uh, varied sources. Uh, one of the things that really hurts schools is uh, game ejections, and and this is. Uh, been something that uh, you know a lot more schools would would score a lot higher, but if they have one or two or three uh, ejections, and again we track those as well, those are yeah. not something we ask the schools for, but those are those are d- deductions, and so those can uh, skew the points as well. Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, it's certainly worth noting that obviously we could uh, give you the names of the schools here, which are Cheshire, Phil Fairfield, Ludlow, Bunnell, Daniel Hand, Brooksfield, Ledyard. East Catholic, Haddam Killingworth, Northwestern, Weston, Bloomfield, East Hampton, Lyman Memorial, Sacred Heart, Gilbert, Notre Dame Fairfield and Chapaug Valley. So those are the 17 uh, that we that we noted as as exemplary programs this year, but I think worth noting and and Fred we've talked about this that you know just because these are the 17 that uh that were recognized this year that it really is quite uh you know there, there's a lot of depth sort of at the top, uh, as, as it were, and uh, a lot of programs that really uh, are, are doing well across the state, um, you know, that maybe don't necessarily get recognized.
3: That's correct. And what we, what we do is we have a standard. Um, anybody above you – and know, we, don't, we don't determine that we're going to select 17 or 18 or 20. We just – we have a standard. And if you score above that standard, then you're considered exemplary program. Um, it, it may be also important to note that of those 17 six are chosen um, to collect a portfolio um, and then we have another meeting with the committee and now there's a little bit more subjectivity and we everybody reads their portfolio. Uh, we asked for a, a list of things um, you know student handbooks, coaches handbooks, parents handbooks um, we, we asked for a, a number of different, uh, items from the school, they submit mm-hmm. them, and then the, they're, they're perused by each member of the committee and voted upon, and then from the 17, as I said, that's been dwindled to six, um, based on, on scoring, uh, we then select an overall recipient as the most exemplary program in, in, in the state
0: yep and that will uh that announcement will come at the uh the sportsmanship conference uh which is taking place in in november so certainly something to uh to look forward to and a lot of really good uh really good programs just across the board and certainly something that we uh we strive to uh to recognize uh, mm-hmm. the good work that all these schools are doing um in all those areas there's certainly a lot of uh, a lot of worthy schools uh, and we we'll look forward to uh to seeing how that shakes out um what what do you feel sort of is the for schools maybe that are, you know, looking to, um, you know, in ways to improve, what are some sort of tacks as a former athletic director, things that you would sort of point to and say, you know, here's here's ways that, that you can sort of try to uh, not necessarily improve your score, but just improve your overall program if you want to sort of, uh, you know, look at it that way in terms of the Michaels Cup. Do you have anything that that's, comes to mind?
3: Well Joel I mean that's the exact purpose of the Michaels cup we the, the questionnaire is developed in such a way that if um you know if you're if you're following that questionnaire and and if you're answering no to questions that we're asking that you we think you should be doing um those are the type of things you can do to improve your program certainly you know we have um some of the questions are 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 geared towards you know if a school does this they they are extremely exemplary in that area so if someone is saying you know they're doing it 100% or they're only doing it some of the times you know that's where they can actually just use the the scoring uh, survey that we use, the actual submission form. Um, they can use that to improve, and that was the that was the ultimate goal. Uh, our mission is to get every school to improve. Uh, yep. We would love to give out more awards, um, you know, and get more people over that standard. Um, yep. But the long and short of it is, people have to take the initiative to do some of those things. Now, there there have been schools that have moved up into those ranks and. As I said, there have been some that have that have um, lost points because of of some things with with sportsmanship and 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 ejections and stuff. So it does fluctuate up and down. But uh, we do encourage them to use that actual submission form as a tool to improve. The other thing is any uh, port the six schools that are chosen that provide us with p- portfolios. They're usually a, a notebook that's two to three inches thick. We keep them here, we make them available if any school would like to come in and see some of the some of the great things some of these other schools are doing um and would like to emulate it or or, or copy it. I mean it's it's the greatest form of flattery. Um, we get the permission from the schools and, and to use their materials and, and schools can come in and, and people have come in and said, Yeah, I like to look at their stuff and you know, how they set things up and, and what kind of programs they're having and, and things of that nature. So it is all all geared for improvement.
0: Yeah. That's certainly something we, uh, we hope that uh, schools take, uh, take into consideration and, and really spend some time with it. And we think it's a, a worthwhile program uh, that, that we run to, uh, to recognize the, the great work of a lot of different schools. And, and certainly in, in our perfect world, I think we'd be, uh, we'd be giving out a, a bushel of these things every year to, uh, to deserving programs. That certainly would be, uh, would be the goal absolutely that's our goal
3: uh, either we have to rate we either we would we would love to raise the standard <laughs> or because we have too many or give more out there's no yeah. question either way we we want we want we want
0: schools to improve Absolutely. So, we thank uh Fred for being with us and look forward to uh again you can find a little more information about the Michaels Cup on cicsports.com, the uh the list of those 17 exemplary programs from this year and then the announcement uh on November 21st at the uh sports the sportsmanship conference where we will uh, uh announce the overall uh Michaels Cup recipient. So Fred, thanks for the uh the information and we look forward to that announcement. Thank you, Joel. That's going to do it. We thank Fred for all of his time and talking about the Michaels Cup and uh, illuminating that process a little bit. And as we mentioned, certainly a lot of great programs, uh, the 17 exemplary programs, but then a lot of great programs that did a lot of put in a lot of good work to uh, as part of their submissions and certainly hope that we'll uh, continue to be able to honor and recognize those great programs going forward. That's going to wrap up this edition, episode twenty of the CIAC Cast. We thank you very much for joining us. As always, check us out at CIACsports.com for all the latest information, schedules, results, all that good stuff you can find on CIACsports.com. Feature stories, it's all up there, as well as on Twitter at CIAC Sports. You can find us on Facebook, Facebook.com/CIAC Sports, and you can email the CIAC Cast just by sending an email to CIAC cast at CassCIAC.org. So, I encourage everyone to do all of those things. Keep up to date with your CIAC action. Once again, I'm Joel Cookson. We thank you for joining us. Hope you'll be with us once again when we return for episode 21 of the CIAC cast.